Live from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee, it's time for round one of the NHL Draft. From rising stars. The Anaheim Ducks are proud to draft from the Peterborough Pete's hockey team, Mason McTavish. One-timer scores! Mason McTavish! To the next generation of talent. With the 10 selection, the Anaheim Ducks select Aval Mintikoff. The Anaheim Ducks will add the next pieces to their championship puzzle. NHL draft coverage on DuckStream is presented by Honda and exclusively streaming on TuneIn. Here's Alexis Downey and Kent French. So, Pat, I feel like we were just sitting at the draft lottery, and now we're here at the NHL draft here in Nashville. Day one, round one tonight. How are you feeling? Oh, excited. Um, it's going to be a good night. We're going to get uh, a really good player, a player that's going to really help our group um, down the road to win a championship. Being here in a place like Nashville, what a setting for this draft. Well, it's uh, certainly I haven't made it to Broadway yet, but uh, but it's it's uh, I've always had fun in, you know, in, the, in this city. It's a it's a great city. It's a very uh, passionate city for hockey and and uh, and there's a lot of good country music here, which is what I really love too. You're a country music fan. I, yes, I am. <laughs> Who's your favorite singer? Uh, uh, there's a lot. You know, I, um, you know, I can start with Garth Brooks and just kind of go all down the line. Luke, you know, Luke Combs and um, Luke Bryan. You name it. Mm -hmm. There's lots. As far as the travel to get here, I know that there was some storms and things that kind of held up some planes. Did your staff have any trouble getting here? Yeah, as a matter of fact, our um, well, Czech scout, um, Pavel Ruta, had a hard time getting here. Um, so they weren't able to get out, to, out of New York. And they, uh, him and uh, his brother and a couple other Czech scouts actually uh, drove from New York and took about 14 hours to get here. So yeah, a lot of fun. When did they get here? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, so they had to spend a night at uh, somewhere halfway and, and drove on in the rest of the way. How has the last couple of days been as far as preparation and the process, you know, through going through meetings and meeting with players and everything? Well, really, uh, at this point, with our list and stuff, we're really fine-tuning things. Uh, really, um, you, we're, we're get, we get more data uh, from the combine as far as, you know, uh, injuries and that sort of thing updates on all of that stuff so it uh, uh when we start to put our list together you know some guys could move up some guys could move down based on you know some sorts of those things um and then there's for me you know there's trades you know there's possible trades you know a lot of teams are looking to make moves um and so uh, even um when you start looking at teams with a lot of picks, they might be looking to move back to gain some extra picks. Um, some teams, you know, such as ourselves, got a lot of seconds. We might look to move up uh, into the first round. So there's there's a lot of that stuff kind of uh, being um, explored, and and uh, it's just just a lot of busy stuff. Would you say you've had much communication with you know other teams and other people that are also here? Yeah, it, that's that's kind of the constant norm. Um, you're always checking in with every team to kind of see, because there's a lot of situations that change with every team, you know, and, um, you know, and sometimes you have to be ready, ready to pivot, ready to, uh, you know, seize an opportunity with, with some of the teams. And so you're, you're in constant communication with them um, um, in a lot of different ways. So this is your second draft as the Anaheim Ducks general manager. What did you learn last year that you're taking into this year? Um, I would say always, you know, be prepared for anything. Um, certainly last year you, you kind of go through, there's a lot of different scenarios you kind of go through. And I think the same thing, there could be a couple surprises and, you know, just really have a, a, a plan A, plan B and plan C for, you know, a bunch of different scenarios that could kind of pop up. So, um, and, and you kind of learn a little bit prior to um, to the draft. Um, like you know, yesterday spent a lot of time talking to different uh, managers on you know how things could change, what they're looking to do. So there's things that you can kind of just put in the back of your mind, um, uh, you know, and, and store there for the opportunity when it comes. 
When you look at that draft last year, you really targeted a lot of big size players. Is that something that you're going to be looking for in this draft as well? Yes, you know, that's certainly, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, we're looking at it that way. I mean, we're going to always try and get the best player, but, it, you know, size is certainly a factor. And I know when I spoke with Martin Madden the other day, he talked about the list that you guys go through before the draft. Have, what is that process like in finalizing that list of players? Well, it's uh, a lot of it gets finished. You know, we have our meetings um, is at the Combine, so we spend a lot of time uh, there, um, five, six days really uh, putting together the list, um, probably two days where you're really putting the overall list together. And then here is just really what, uh, for the last couple of days, it's more fine-tuning, so we don't spend as much time. We've done... Um, We've gathered all of our information on every all the players, um, especially the ones we're you know think that we're going to be able to get, um, and so it's just really a fine tuning process the last couple of days here, and then you just get ready. With that number two pick in the first round today, what are some things that you're looking to have from the player that you do choose? Well, I think the players that we're looking at obviously have size. They have, um, you know, good skills. So we're we're going to be adding, you know, one of those uh, players to, uh, you know, to our lineup. Hopefully next year, but it might, it, you know, it might uh, it might take another year for for that, you know, those players to reach our lineup. Have you made your decision for that pick yet? Yes, I have. When did you come to that decision? Um. Probably a couple of weeks ago, I would say, really uh, nailed it down, you know, especially after our meetings um, and watching our staff um, kind of uh, debate, you know, all the players. Uh, so that's kind of, um, you know, that was basically this, you know, decision um, and then just really thinking about it. But it's it's been it's been kind of made for a little while. And there's certainly been a lot of activity, at least in the last couple of days. But do you expect much in today for round one? Uh, hard to say. Um, um, you know, there's certain things that uh, could happen. And, and then, you know, uh, circumstances change. Like, you know, players uh, might not be there that teams expected to be there. And then all of a sudden things could change. You know, that, that, that's kind of how it'll roll. What does the rest of the day for this process look like and leading up to the draft tonight? Uh, for myself, uh, really not a lot. We're, you know, we're, we're ready, probably gonna have some lunch here and then uh, I'll probably make a few more calls to some other general managers, um, meet with, um, meet with our, our pro scouts uh, that are here, our system managers, and kind of just uh, go through some other things that we've been uh, looking at and uh, see if it, makes sense to do anything. All right, Pat. Well, thank you for your time and good luck tonight in the draft. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Here with assistant uh, GM Martin Madden and scouting guru, my friend. Good to see you once again. And uh, this is draft day. This is your day. How are you feeling uh, when it comes to this day? Uh, we're all excited, obviously. You know, we travel around the world uh, preparing for this day. It's, uh, it's great when it actually uh, is uh, on our doorstep. All right, so the draft ends last year in Montreal, right, in 2022. When do you start prepping for this day? Uh, basically two weeks after after the draft, the next season starts. There's no time. No time for you. Uh, I wouldn't say that. There's a, there's, <laughs> there are a few weeks here and there that are uh, downtime, but uh, for the players, not really. You know, they, it's, it's a 12-month sport, so they're, they're on the ice somewhere around the world uh, getting ready for, uh, for their season and where they're watching. Martin, how long have you been involved in drafts in general throughout your career? Started at uh, the junior level in 1994 with the Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, my first NHL draft was 98-99, so it's been a while. What excites you about this process, about being involved in something that you have to put so much work into to get to this moment? It is. I think it, it matches with my personality. I'm kind, kind of patient. I like the analytical part of looking for players, trying to figure out what makes them better in the long term. Uh, the search, the, the hunt for that uh, gem, uh, I think that's what drives every scout, really. Being able to 
find somebody that others have uh, have missed, not because they haven't seen them play, just they have missed a little a little nuance in their games, and uh, we can uh, we can jump on that opportunity and, and help them get better. So, the, is there some competition? between the Ducks and the other scouting departments across the National Hockey League to, like you said, find those gems? Yeah, I think uh, as any other department in the league, it, it is a really competitive business. Uh, you know, we consider those guys around the league colleagues, but we are primarily competitors. We 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 want the best for our team. <laughs> this is your ice. This is your ice. This is your game. Yeah. Absolutely. What about this draft is different than other drafts you've seen in recent memory the top of the draft is really really strong you know i know this has been touted as one of the best drafts since 2003 i'm not sure i would go to that extent just yet let's wait five six seven years before we say that because that draft uh, was really really deep but this draft uh, at the top top five for sure top 10 uh, is is uh, full of players who will have an impact for their team uh, relatively quickly. It's pretty cool. It's the anniversary of the Getzloff and Perry draft here in Nashville. So that's exciting. Like you said, find some gems later on in that draft. That all being said, though, Martin, when do you put that board together and say, this is it? This is it. <laughs> we say this. You never say this is it. We say this is it when we uh, have the microphone uh, in front of us and we make the pick. No, really, like we're we're pretty much set at, at this point. We went through a uh, last, 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 last review uh, yesterday. We'll go. We'll do a little uh, a little look over uh, around lunchtime today. But basically, uh, our board is set. Our strategy is uh, is set as well. Having said that, lots of lots of picks concentrated uh, on a, within a few teams in the first and second round, so there could be some movement. And uh, as far as pregame routine, are, are you at a? You seem very calm right now. Like, are, are you calm? Are you? There's nothing else you can really do right now, right? Nothing, nothing else we can do. We, we've we've prepared really hard. We've we've been digging for the last two months to get any other thing, any other piece of info that might influence our, uh, our strategy or, or choices. So at this point we're, we're confident we we've done the work. So now we just uh, go and pass the exam. I love that. I love that uh, analogy. Now, do you have any superstitions? Do you have to eat a certain meal on this is your Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not trying to put, you know, I'm trying to hype you up here. Get you excited. You have ice water in your veins right now. You're super, you're super calm. Are, are, do you have any, uh, you know, superstitions or things you have to do in order to, in your mind, come through with the best picks? Mm, I'm boring. No, <laughs> no superstition. I'll get a workout in uh, this afternoon for sure to get that little edge off. Uh, it's not showing, but it is present and uh, we'll, be, we'll be prepared when uh, six o'clock comes around here. I love it. Now I have a question for you too. So Connor Bedard, he's done. Don't need to worry about him. When that happened, and, and I'm going to try to phrase this correctly, was there an excitement almost from a scouting perspective? Because it wasn't a foregone conclusion you're going to pick Connor Bedard. Now you have to dive in even harder and try to find out who that number two pick is. Does that competitive nature come out when that when that happened? Maybe not initially. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, what are you talking about? Uh, you know what? <laughs> but it is. You see where I'm going with that? Like, for, absolutely, yeah. and uh, it just meant a lot more work for the for the next month. You know, uh, <laughs> and, and that's and that's fine. But we we have uh, six picks in the first three rounds, so lots of work. Uh, needs to be done on their or second round picks and, yeah. and uh, third round picks as well. They're, I think they're instrumental in, in, in our future. So uh, we dug in and uh, made sure that uh, we were prepared for that second pick and we are excited. Don't get me wrong. We are super excited yeah. with the player we're going to get. The top five is excellent and who we're going to take in number two will be a cornerstone player for the Ducks. How much dialogue was or has transpired or had transpired when all your scouts and your staff and Pat and everybody discussing that number two pick? Was it uh, was it a foregone conclusion of who everyone agreed upon, or was there a lot of dialogue going back and forth to determine who you're going to get? No, it, it, it was it was a long conversation. It was lots of debate. Uh, I think for for the crossover crew uh, of scouts or those who saw all of the top players play live regularly during the season. Uh, 
it was a unanimous decision. Uh, but you know, the regional scouts have uh, have an impact on this process because they are the ones who see the players the most. So that individual player from their region, they've seen him more sometimes twice as many times as, as I have live. You know, I supplement with video, but those guys, they know their players. They're passionate about their players, and they want to make sure that we understand every facet of their play. So uh, that is always a big part of our process, and, uh, and we have to listen with an open mind and being, you know, being able to change our mind and, and evolve listening to what the best arguments they can bring, you know, regardless of the fact I've read all the reports, sure. I know their opinions going into the meeting, it's still that emotional aspect of, of making the final call. There's always a little bit of nuance that comes out in meetings and it's important to listen intently. You know, we always talk about you can't teach size, you can't teach skill, all these things. But what about the mental character side of the player? How much does that weigh into the process you guys go through? It, it, it's an integral part of the process. I would say that in this instance, uh, those guys at the top are, are all mentally very prepared. They're, 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 they're top, top end guys. So I don't think that made a huge difference in the end. All right, Martin, thanks so much for spending time with us. I'm fired up. I, I, I mean, I, I can see you're fired up. You're not telling me you're fired up, but I can see it. I can see it, and I can feel it. Thanks for doing this. Um, get your workout in, and we'll see you later tonight. Perfect. Thank you. Always my pleasure. We've got the Duck squad heading up to the stage right now as there well, too. Is the pick movement. is in. Oh! The pick is in. <laughs> Pat Verbeek is on the stage. It looks like he's got his entire Henry Samueli is up there. Yes. My eyes aren't that great, so I can't, yeah, can't see I'm who, trying who, to who everyone's here. up I'm there. I'm trying to look. All right, I'm going to throw to the podium <laughs> here as Pat Verbeek will step up. And who will be the number two pick? Well, we'll soon find out. We would like to welcome all our fans watching at our draft party at uh, Brewer X. With our first selection, we are proud to select from Orbro SHL, Leo Carlson. Leo, Leo Carlson! Leo Carlson oh. is an Anaheim And duck. I think this crowd is a little surprised. I don't think they saw that coming, as I mentioned. Um, Adam Fentilli, the Hobie Baker winner from Michigan, the center, the tough kid with the edge. Uh, they all thought they would be coming to the Anaheim Ducks. Oh no, the number one international prospect, Leo Carlson, he is coming to Anaheim. And uh, you know what? I, I think this uh, Duck staff has been high on him and he has certainly um, impressed. I think too, Alexis, not only was it were his World Juniors, but the World Championships. He was playing with yes. men and he proved that he could play with men at 18 years of age. And that really makes a difference as well, too. I mean, he has grown so much from, if you go back to when he was just 15 years old, in the summer at age 15, before he turned 16 in December, he grew six inches in that summer. And now he's standing at about six foot three. We talked about just a big body, but still so young that he's got that time to grow into it. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a great fit for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and right now, Leo Carlson is stepping up right now for us, our second overall pick. All right, here you are. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going through your mind, dude? Number two overall. Yeah. Like, did you? Did you? I don't know. Well, when did you find out that you were going to be the second overall pick? I mean, yeah, like ten minutes ago, five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had a feeling after the meeting yesterday we had it, but uh, yeah, I was surprised as well. So, good feeling. Oh my god. How are you feeling about you know Southern California? I've been to LA once, so I yeah. I like it. It's never been to Anaheim though, but uh, it seems nice. <laughs> you had a chance to play with Jacob Silverberg, right? Yeah, yeah. In the Worlds. Yeah, uh, how was that experience? And did you have a chance to talk with Sylvie about playing in Anaheim at all? Just what it was like? Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, uh, he wanted me there. Uh, that's, the, 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 that's, the, the, that's the thing I know. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he just uh, gave me some tips and uh, that you can walk in shorts to practice and everything. Yeah. So that was perfect. <laughs> shorts and flip flops. That's what <laughs> I was asking. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now I've heard that you have a pretty good golf game. Oh, so like, you nod your head. <laughs> there's a lot of golf in in SoCal. Yeah. Um, you know, will you be able to take part in that? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm playing more now, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm gonna be the 
trying to be a good golfer soon. I mean, I am free to go, but I'm trying to be better soon. <laughs> Leo, tell me about your playing style. For a lot of us that haven't seen you play, I mean, I've seen a lot of tape, but for those at home that are watching and listening to us right now, um, you know, some of the guys in here, you hear about an edge. I kind of said you have a quiet edge about you. You're a big body. You can you can move guys off the puck and a lot of skill. Describe in your mind how you how your style and how you play. I mean, first of all, I'm not the I'm not the uh, I'm not the finished going yet. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I get better every day. So, I mean, I mean, my game is pretty, it's pretty much a, a big centerman forward who uh, would have uh, have a lot of skills and uh, get to yeah. I mean, I mean, get past the defenders kind of easy. So, uh, just a electrified player, I think. Leo, as far as your family, are they here in attendance with you? Yeah, they are. My two brothers and uh, and mom and dad and girlfriend, yeah, are here. And you had quite the journey to get here as well, yeah. too. Didn't you have to take a car and drive a long distance? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Stockholm to New York was good. And then uh, and then all the flights were canceled to uh, do, do weather. So uh, took a car, a minivan, uh, 14, 14 hours uh, to get here. 14, so hours? 14 hours to get, to get here? <gasps> oh, yeah. So that was kind of brutal, but... Uh, it worked out in the end. Oh, well, yeah, it did. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> second overall pick. That's fantastic. Um, you know, what are some of the comps that you've, that you've heard as far as people you've been compared with in your career? I hear, you know, Matt Sandin. I hear some yeah. of these guys, you know, throwing out there. I mean, that's, those are some pretty high-quality oh, yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, Matt Sandin. And then, I mean, Evgeny Malkin, Barkov, those, 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 guys get, those, those type of guys, big centermen with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, offensive, offensive skills, for sure. Who is a player that you have always watched growing up and, you know, in the NHL that you, you know, have been interested in? Yeah, yeah Sidney Crosby, uh, day one, basically, I think. Uh, watched him like a, a highlight clip when I was like five years old and then got stuck with him. What do you know about this Ducks team? Who are some of the guys? I mean, you've, you've probably seen Trevor Zegras yeah, and all right. the highlight videos and Mason McTavish and the boys. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about this Ducks team and the talent that they have right now? Yeah, I said, I mean, it's a young, pro a young promising team, for sure. Uh, a great future, I think. Uh, so I'm um, uh, excited to excited to excited to, to join that. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I understand as well that you are a big basketball fan oh. and you love the NBA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite team? I don't have a favorite team, to be okay. honest. Uh, I like Kevin Durant, though. I always do. So uh, Kevin Durant right now for, for a player. <laughs> what if, what's drip too hard with little baby? Is that your song? It was, right? I think so. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was. that's his it was. song. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I liked him. <laughs> he, he's Got not it. too in on the music. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm yeah, learning. It's a great song. It's a great song. Oh, my, my God. Favorite. I'm trying to understand all this stuff. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, so Alonzo Ball. Um, is he? You got a poster of that guy? Alonzo Ball? Yeah. You have a poster of him? I have a, a jersey of him. A jersey. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I got it one day before he was traded to another team. So why do you like him? That was good. I mean, I follow him uh, all, all the way from uh, from high school, to be honest, high school, and then and then to UCLA. So um, I just I don't know I don't know I just like to say swag and stuff. So uh, yeah, that's why swag. Yeah, I like do you, it. Do you got swag? I don't know. I think so. I mean, I'm you gonna get some soon, though. The, the bow tie, though. The yeah, bow tie. You got a bow tie. Back. Yeah. Uh, bow tie all back. Dude, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even see the bow tie with the jersey going <laughs> no. on there. That's fantastic, yeah, thank man. You. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, Leo Carlson, number Perfect. two overall pick. Hey, Leo. man, we are so happy to yeah. have you here. Thank you. Me Congratulations. Too. Really, really awesome. Welcome to the Anaheim Ducks family. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. We'll talk to you very soon, man. Yeah. All right, take care, buddy. We got Kenneth Carlson here. By the way, hi, Kenneth. Kenneth joins us now. Yep. How are you? I'm very fine. Thank you. <laughs> are you. I mean, how are you? How have you reacted to this night? I mean, this is what a whirlwind for you guys. It yeah. started with a 14-hour <laughs> van ride. Yeah, it was a tough one. <laughs> Our plane was canceled, so we had no, no choice. So we took the, the, the mini van with the family and our stuff and, and drove 14 hours, and then we're here. So, and it was uh, worth it. So it's exciting with the second overall pick and uh, all that. So everything is just amazing. Incredible. We yeah. are so happy to have your son as part of the organization. He stopped by earlier. What a what a gentleman he is. And uh, we put him in, a, in front of a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like all of a sudden he's like, what's happening here in Anaheim? So, uh, but he's taking it. He he's very mature for 18 years old. Yeah, I I hope he behaved. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a he's a really kind kid. So, I, I'm I'm proud of him. So, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> As a hockey player yourself, how much of an influence did that have on Leo as a child and, and then getting as an, an older player, too, for him? I would say very much because <laughs> uh, we started to play very early. He skated as one year old and he could go forward and backwards to the sides. And when he was two, <laughs> he was extremely early on skate. So 
I would say very much. I, I was his coach for uh, 10 years. So uh, I, I hope I had something to do with this the success. <laughs> how are you as a coach? Are you, uh, were you hard on him? Were you eat too easy on him? No. How, how would you rate yourself as a coach? I would write, write myself so very hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had no benefits. <laughs> so, <laughs> tough yeah. one. Tough yeah. one. <laughs> Well, how quick of a decision was it to rent that car yesterday and just knowing that there was no more flights? We saw the line, uh, we stood in, just, this didn't happen anything for one hour. And I said to my wife that we take your minivan and go. We, we, we wanted to, actually, <laughs> Leo had an interview with Anaheim. <laughs> and oh. Yeah. So we said that we, we can't miss the, the, the interview. And mm -hmm. the agent said that you have to come to the interview. The other mm -hmm. thing is not that important, and the interview is very You've important. Got to get there, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we fixed that and managed that, so we are very happy for that now. <laughs> Did you? Think <laughs> Maybe that was the, 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 the <laughs> main change. <thing>, yeah. <laughs> Did you think, in knowing that he had that interview, that it was maybe a possibility that he was going to be taken by Anaheim? A higher uh, possibility. Yeah. We, we, seriously, I, I I thought Fantilli was the one for mm -hmm. Anaheim. Everyone said that, so. I just said to him, "Be yourself, and um, mm -hmm. don't tell, don't say that the thing that they want to hear. You tell them what you want to say." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Really. It, it worked yeah. out. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out, and we, we are very happy to, to, with Anaheim because mm -hmm. the lovely place. We we actually went for a vacation for seven, eight years ago in California, and okay. we saw those places, and we just loved it. So the family is very excited with <laughs> Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine your son uh, leaving the rink in flip-flops and shorts? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what time did so Leo left home at an early age, yeah. right, to go play hockey? And that yeah. was something he had to grow up very quickly as a young man. And as we know, Kenneth, um, you know, he has worked through a speech impediment as well. Yeah. I mean an incredible story that your son has gone through. How proud are you of everything that he's accomplished when it, when it comes to all the adversity he has overcome? Yeah, just with the, the stuttering, that's the biggest part we we're proud of because he just keep on speaking. So uh, he helped other kids with that and he, he has spoken in the radio as I am now and, uh, and talked about that. And uh, that's a big thing for an 18 year old. So. Yeah, of course, we are very proud of that as well. So, Yeah, and he knows he's an inspiration, right? Yeah. You, you even said that he has taken that on to, to give this example to other kids. Why is that so important to him? Because he's that kind of person. Um, he, just, he, he loves other people. <laughs> yeah. He's a kind kid, so maybe every parent say that, but he's special. No, no, not every dad no. parent does. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's very cool to hear, absolutely. Yeah. So here in Nashville, had you guys ever been here before? No, not in Nashville. It's, it's an awesome place. Yeah, with I was going to ask, what, what do you think uh, about it? Yeah, it's it's awesome. crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah, 10 o'clock in the morning and music everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's not like this in Anaheim. Don't worry. <laughs> well, it depends on where you go. Yeah, we, yeah. we can help you out. Uh, well, Kenneth, I want to ask you, too, when it comes to your son and his development, did you see something different in him playing for the world championship, playing against men at 18 and what he was able to do and realize that your son had really taken another step in his development? Yeah, but uh, he, he has played against men in two years in SHL. SHL, uh, right. So he, he has managed that very well. He has, he has that thing that when he played with, uh, he started to play with the um, older kids when he was young. And his, what should I say? When he ended up in Örebro, yeah. he played with and against other, uh, older guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> yes. sure. And managed that. And then he got up to the, the first team and managed that. So he always takes the next step, put in a good way. Uh, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That makes total sense. Yeah. Now for you, I mean, what's what's the next step for you as as a dad to him? I mean, what do you what do you tell him now that he's been chosen and he's he's got he's gotten to this point? At this point, I just uh, support him. It's mm -hmm. not that much hockey now because he has help with the agents and that stuff. So mm -hmm. now I can just be the dad as <laughs> I want to be. So hopefully he ends up in Anaheim uh, as a real player and we can visit him and. Have holidays in Anaheim. That's where the <laughs> dreams come true. Oh, nice, oh. nice and sunny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Disneyland? No. 
No, no Disneyland. No. Universal so Studios and oh, uh, Six okay. Flags and those, those stuff. But not, not Disneyland. Right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect for the holiday. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. What was the reaction like in Sweden back home? How was his family, his friends, and everybody yeah, reacting to this? I mean, is your phone blowing up? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of SMS. It's, it's in, in the nights in Sweden right now, but uh, a lot of friends uh, stayed up uh, just to watch this in, on the ESPN. So uh, the family is stuck at home and... Um, and the, the friends, the Leo's friends, and um, work pals from me, and yeah. everyone just SMS and texted. Of course, <laughs> I was very happy. And just like, number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he also had the opportunity to display the new jersey for the 30th anniversary season. What did you think about that? That was really cool. Yeah, yeah I love that. <laughs> really, I love that. <laughs> Maybe have to get that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenneth, being a former hockey player yourself and a coach, obviously, with him for 10 years, is there a comparison you've seen your son to another great Swedish player or another player in the National Hockey League with his skill set? I would say Kopitar, uh, uh, maybe. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's a that's a, an incredible comparison. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, by know, the way, I, I don't say he's that good, but <laughs> hopefully well, he, he ends up being right. And we all like to use comparisons. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we're not trying to put pressure on him as no. well, because uh, someday we're going to say, oh, he's going to be like Leo Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but but we always that's a great comparison because a big center. He why does he. Why does he fit up the middle? Why is he fit? instead of being playing wing? Why is he a good center? He he makes other people better better on hockey. I should say that the more he hits the puck, the better the team goes. There you go. Simple. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, Kenneth, I, I can't thank you enough. You, you probably your head's spinning right now. Uh, yeah. You're a proud yeah. dad. Uh, congratulations! To I, you I, I, I just hope everybody hear what I say because my English is not the best. Oh, I just hope know, they understand me. You know what? I do this for a living, and my English is not good. That's yeah. what they tell me all the time. Uh, we will hopefully be talking with you soon. This is the, our Duck Stream. Um, Alexis, you know, hosts the show. We're going to have you on, hopefully, and your son, and and keep you. You guys are part of the family now, yeah. so this is so cool. And welcome, welcome to Anaheim, and we cannot wait to talk to you very soon. Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, your plane works on the way home. Yeah, I yes. hope so too. I hope so too. <laughs> no more driving. <laughs> no. Congratulations. Kenneth, yes. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Right. Thank you. Kenneth Carlson joining us. Uh, very proud dad of one, uh, Leo Carlson. All right, so Greg Cronin putting on the headsets right now, the uh, brand-new head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Greg, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. How has this experience been for you sitting up there front row getting to see and go on stage when Leo Carlson was chosen? Well, I, I kind of feel uncomfortable being up there because I don't put any legwork into drafting these guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been to uh, uh, you know, dozens of drafts, right? Yep. So I'm familiar with the environment, and every year it seems to get more and more jazzed up. But... Um, you know, having the second pick overall and then having that, you can hear that public debate about Fantilli and Carlson. Yes. Um, and, and knowing what we're doing before we do it. And then the curiosity of, well, how does the crowd react when when Carlson gets picked over Fantilli? I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yes. But there was a lot of conviction from Pat and his staff about, you know, the role that uh, Leo will play in the future here. So you got to trust them. I, I, you know... A guy that I really uh, respect as a scout was one of my assistants when I was in college. Had texted me like a week before that, and he was over in Europe watching the World Championships, and he was really impressed with Leo. Said that this guy, because he was hurt in the World Juniors, that this guy is kind of getting pushed down a little bit because the visibility isn't as strong as Fintilli, but he feels he's going to be like a Kopitar type of player. And Barkov, wow. that was his comparison. Wow. And People like the comparisons because it gives of you a tangible you yes. comparison. But I trust my guy, and I and I, I really like that as a projection. Awesome. From what you've seen out of Leo, you know, what interests you about his play? Well, when you hear the, you know, when you hear the hockey sense, right? I'm a big mm -hmm. hockey sense guy. The league's supporting and celebrating the speed and the quickness and the energy that, you know, the games play with today. And obviously, Trevor Zegers represents that with the skill. Terry's got that with the speed, and mm -hmm. you know you got Mac T coming, who's a he's a two-way sentiment, right? So when you add a guy that's six two and a half, I think he grew a couple inches over the last year. He's got a high hockey IQ, which sometimes when these tall guys they skate with the long, long rangey strides, they don't look like they're going that fast. Mm -hmm. But when you add the IQ to the stride, it adds another element of speed. 
And I was reading about him in one of the reports after we drafted him, and somebody actually made a nice comment about he's got deceiving speed. And when you have when you have that ability to separate from people and you've got a real high IQ, you'll see those guys make plays on, on entries, delaying, hitting late wave attacks. And so, hey, and, and if you can defend and you have that size and reach, which is built into a big, strong defensive team, and then you add some offense to that, I think you've got a good player. What I'm interested in with Leo Carlson is, in, in the comparison with Fantilli, is Fantilli, you hear about the edge, right, yeah. that he has, that he plays with the fire. Leo seems like a guy that has an edge. He just doesn't wear it on his sleeve like a Fantilli does. And he's a big body. He can push people off the puck. And that was something that was very prevalent during the World Championships when he was playing with men at 18 years old. Yeah, and the interesting thing was uh, he didn't play Senna for a number of years. He played Senna when he was younger. Mm. So then he filled the Senna role in the World Championship, which is a man's game, right? And the people that I talked to that I trust said they were really impressed with his ability to transition from wing to center. It's a lot easier going from the middle to the wing because you're playing that sure. one-third. But when you're in the middle and you've got to go wall to wall, you really get challenged mentally on how to play and on the good side of bodies. And they kept talking about when somebody that age makes that adjustment in that tournament, that speaks volumes about their ability to impact in the NHL at some point. Have you had the chance to chat with him much? No, he knows that my player, Oscar Olison, he's a first rounder, played for me last year. He, I just said hello to him, but he knew Oscar. And, you know, he's got, he's got the, uh, you know, whether he goes to development camp and then hopefully training camp, there's going to be some platforms where he's going to play and we're going to get a visit, kind of a visibility about what his game right now translates to into the NHL. Greg, how's it, how's it been since you were named head coach of the Anaheim Ducks? Have you had conversations with some of the players oh, and, yeah. and kind of getting to know them and, and yeah. who they are? Because one thing you mentioned to me that not only is the player, is the person that's really important for you. Yeah. So when I left, I, I flew back to Colorado the day after the press conference, and then I drove I drove back to Boston from Colorado. I met with Troy Terry, so I kind of picked the guys off on my path. So I got Troy Terry, obviously a great person, great hockey road player. Road trip, huh? With <laughs> yeah, I did the road, road trip. trip. Nice. No booze, no kegs. <laughs> well, well, how'd you stay awake? <laughs> I, I actually love driving. Okay. And I love I love going across the country. I did you get nostalgic, but I'm a history major and an undergraduate. Nice. And it's kind of cool to see these, you know, these iconic areas, whether it's wheat fields in Nebraska. Yeah. And it's really, the country's beautiful, right? It's almost like a patriotic trip. So I, I got I got Troy in Denver, and then I got uh, Max Jones, and I got Cam Fowler in the Michigan area. I got literally in a parking lot at the Port Huron border, okay? Port Huron, Sanya, mm -hmm. because somebody had said there was a bomb threat on the bridge. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, so when I got there, I was only about a half a mile from the toll gate. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And nobody's moving. We sat there for an hour and a half. There were people with lawn chairs and card tables playing <laughs> cards on the side no of the road. Way. Yes. Wow. So there was a bomb scare, so they had to clean that up. And then I, get, I went on, and I got... I got to see Brock again, had a great talk with him. I got McTavish, Drysdale, Carrick, and Stromey in Toronto. And then I went down to uh, New York, and I got Zegris, and I got Frankie Vitrano on the way. Back in Boston. Yeah, wow. so I, great talk, guys. A totally, you know, committed to changing the direction of what happened last year. And I'm not going to get into the depth of the not conversation, but... I really enjoy talking to all of them. That's great. That's yeah. great. And that one-on-one -on -one is so important, not only for you, but for the player as yeah. well, to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And even to see them in their hometowns and their, yeah. the places yeah. or wherever they might have been, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that being said, you know, what is, tell me from a, your coach, what's your schedule now? After the draft is done, we have a full day tomorrow, yeah. done at 3. What is Greg Cronin doing after that? So I'll fly back to Anaheim and then yeah. get ready for the development camp. Okay. Um, meet with the coaches. Um, Matt will be up from San Diego, okay. and he's going to design the development camp, and Mike Stuthers will be around, so we're going to have coaches there, and Jim Johnson Good. from the development group, and just try and plan out what the fundamental skills we're going to teach during the development camp, so there's some transparency in how we're teaching, and um, I actually know Matt, I don't know if I share this with you, but no. I was in Munich uh, years ago. I had a relationship with their general manager, 
and uh, with the Red Bull group. And I went over there with Don Jackson, who was the coach there. He's like the Scotty Bowman of Germany. Wow. He's won like nine championships. So I went over and Matt was his assistant. So we were just sharing ideas. Don's a really great coach. So Matt learned from a great guy. I think I did it three years in a row, three summers in a row. So uh, it'd be good to see Matt again and just get everything organized so that both coaching staffs are seeing the game through a similar lens. Yep. We're all different personalities, so there's going to be some differences in how you coach. Yep. But I think the fundamentals, ha the fundamentals have to be dialed in. How it. important do you think it will be to be able to set that standard for the future, too? Well, I mean, it's <laughs> non-negotiable, right? You're mm -hmm. going to play to a certain level, and it's the coach's responsibility to push guys beyond their natural limit. Like I've said to them all, like, let's face it, like, you know, we had, you know, finished last in the league, so there's a lot of room to move up. And the easiest way to do that is to control the controllables, right? Mm -hmm. So guys can work, you know, they can execute, they can be disciplined. So those are the, the psychological fundamentals that we're going to feed them with early, and then hopefully the execution comes with it. All right, Greg, before we let you go, uh, I know you're a surfer. We got into that earlier. A lot of fun conversation talking about that. So did you find a place near the water that you're going to call home right now? I'm zeroing in uh. in Newport, but I don't – maybe that's the next contract. I get, get live something down by the water. you, you got to download Surfline. You yeah, can I check have Surfline. Oh, okay, oh, okay, you got it, you got it. Magic seaweed, yes. Surfline, I got perfect, all of them. Perfect, perfect. Oh, okay. Well, Greg, thanks so much for spending time okay. with us. Enjoy the rest of time My in Nashville. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. You got it. The president of your Anaheim Ducks, now on headsets. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm terrific. How are you? Good. Okay, so Good. I was telling Alexis about my wonderful experience with a hologram. You your, were the first one, though. Your wonderful experience. Okay. Yes. So you were in that box. I, I was French in the box. Not Jack in the French box. In the it box. didn't go over French. very well, just so you it know. Didn't? It, no, well, that it was, joke didn't go over very well with me right now, either. But we're, it was but we're just, this is just an honesty day. So it, was si it was silent. It was silent. <laughs> I was trying to warm up the room, good. but apparently you had already warmed up the room. You went over there and talked to him. What was what was that like? And, and where did that teach you? Talk to me about just the whole, um, you know, the, the, the hologram idea and how that was brought to your yeah, attention. Yeah, I have to give Chris Loomis uh, some credit for that. He kind of brought that forward as far as I know um, and had seen the technology and they were a local group. And so we took a visit up, this is several months ago, up to LA and kind of looked at it. Um, really liked the um, opportunity to, you know, so often we're looking to find different ways where we can interact with people that aren't necessarily in front of us. And the whole world has gone to these Zoom calls and those type of things, but you really don't feel like you have this great interaction. So we went up and saw the technology. They did a demo for us and it was really great. It was compelling. You could really see, um, that you could have uh, as close to a, a real conversation um, without that person actually being there. We thought, let's let's see if this is something that makes sense for our organization in a long time. Uh, uh, and you know, you look at our future state and OC Vibe and our building, and how can we integrate something like this and, and make it fun and interactive for the fans and that guest experience? So, so we went up there, and, and uh, the, they were great. They wanted to give a demo and. Uh, and now there's a Frenchie in the box. I guess <laughs> uh, you know. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see it. So I. You I, didn't, I, you I didn't miss anything. Trust I me. Actually, I actually enjoyed it because uh, you can you can really kind of connect with. Yes. Um, it's cool. Uh, the room that is obviously for and me they don't, back in and Anaheim. And they don't realize that you're actually you can hear them. They don't realize that you can interact. Right. You're is, live. It's as close as it gets. It really is. It was. It's. And it's striking from their perspective. Yeah. How real and t it's it's almost um lifelike yeah uh, so, uh, so I, I, I really enjoy it proto holographs um out of van eyes so give them some props too i mean they have jimmy kimmel they've had uh um, i saw the ellen uh they have ellen yes, on i saw there. that on ellen yeah ellen on there they've had aaron teats on there i mean dallas cowboys so it's just it's yeah. incredible it just goes down the I, list i love how you slide that <laughs> in there you see what i did I, there? i'm sure that they will um put that on their list of uh all right, all right, Aaron. Let's, let's talk hockey for a second. So, you was this the first time you sat at the table? No. Okay. Uh, second time. Well, second uh, time. Doing so you that. were there last yeah, draft we were there in last Montreal. Year. Yes. Got absolutely. it. Absolutely. What's, okay. what's the table like? It's terrific. Uh, you know, for me, I look around the table. I, I think it starts way be well before that. I mean, I I'm so impressed. This is why I love the draft. I absolutely love the entry draft because it's this culmination of an amazing amount of work. You look at all the hockey players that are here with their families and 
the amount of work that these kids have put in to get themselves to be drafted by the yeah. best league in the world is extraordinary. And the and it shouldn't just stop with them. It's it's their families. Right. And every single morning and every afternoon and every evening and getting in into practices. So that is an it's just an amazing accomplishment and the tonnage day after day after day to get here and do that. And then you look at our scouting staff, um, the number of games that they've looked at, and then the, and the amount of video, and the analytics, and the interviews, and the Zoom calls and stuff. So to me, it's just this palpable, um, anxious, <laughs> exciting, uh, it's all just kind of rolled into one. You know, going around, I'm sure you guys have done this as well, you go around the hotel and you see the families. And I saw Will Smith this morning, you know, walking through, and it's with his family. And you can just read their faces on how much this means to them. So it's it's amazing. And and to answer your question, the the table itself, it's 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 the culmination of all of this work coming together and actually selecting. And for us, Leo Carlson, I couldn't be happier for this guy. I think he's going to be a star. And he is such a likable guy, but forget about that. He's such a tremendous high ceiling guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and listening to the conversations with the scouts that have put in all the work. Yeah. To, and it's an amazing amount of due diligence. I'm so impressed by this every year, just the, the amount of work that goes into this. But listening to them talk about this guy's vision, um, um, his hockey sense, his IQ, and then you come and you hear and see so much about him and then to meet him um, it's just a really exciting day I just I love every bit of it I think it's the cool part of the draft is the unpredictability which I love mm -hmm. and we knew Connor was going number one but at number two there was still a lot of question marks surrounding Adam Fentilli you heard and I, I'm gonna do this again quoting experts <laughs> like who are these experts that's your thing experts right <laughs> but uh yeah and it was it was neat to see like a little bit of maybe surprise too that it was Leo Carlson not to the table that you were sitting at but of course around and it was neat to see that and people shift and and it's kind of cool going well, what do they what what do they know that we don't know yeah you know and and you you see there's always speculation yeah the media is always going to put oh, together these mock drafts and what they know or whatever but if you look at some of the um, the data and analytics that all of the teams had access to, I was looking at some of these um, with Ryan Lichtenfels, who yeah. does, the, does that uh, for us. And a lot of those, they had Carlson at two. Yeah. Mm. And I kept on saying to myself, how is it that the whole world, <laughs> and, and yes. this is not to take anything away from Fantilli no. or anyone else anyone. in the draft, right. but how was it so widespread and universal um, that there was just this, oh, number two is going to be this, three is going to be here, four is going right. to be there. So mm -hmm. it, I think that is that kind of plays itself in the media realm. I don't think it plays itself in the team realm. Mm -hmm. The amount of work that is being done, even through late last night, just to make sure that everybody has looked at every possible thing and had every possible conversation. It's an extraordinary um, process, and, and it's one that, like I said, when you get there and you see and you get to meet this man and shake his hand, yeah. it's just, I couldn't be happy for him. He seems like such a great dude and, and unflappable. Yep. Um, <laughs> just, just a guy that is ready for it. Um, so he is going to be someone that Anaheim Ducks fans are going to love. Have you personally been able to talk with him much at all yet? No. Um, only when he came over and, and met us at the table mm -hmm. and whatever. So I ha had a brief interaction, talked for a few seconds and whatnot, and I'm sure that has to be overwhelming. He's meeting everybody mm -hmm. at the same time or whatnot. But what strikes me in talking to him is he's locked in. So many times you see the stars in, in folks' eyes, and it's almost like they're not listening to what you're saying or whatever, and he's, he seems to have a connection and you feel that there's a there's a one-on-one -on -one when you're talking to him, and even in that brief conversation like that. But there's a genuine um, uh, a nature to him. Yep. Um, but um, from what I hear, just a an absolute engine and a competitive drive to this guy that I think Duck fans are really going to connect with. And we always say too, like the uh, the moment's not too big, right? We describe that on the on the ice when you see a young man make his NHL debut or what have you. But you could tell the moment wasn't too big for him. He was expecting it. And one thing he wasn't expecting, Aaron Teets, 
was being hologrammed <laughs> back <laughs> Who thought? to Brewery yeah. X in yeah. Anaheim. Yeah, no one would have told him that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So he's sitting there, and he's walked in front of this box, and there I am telling jokes, and then i got to introduce him, and here he comes, and he's sitting there talking to a couple hundred Ducks fans. Yeah, and, and he handles it. He handled it, and he handled the jersey. The jersey. Talk yep. to me about the jerseys. Eric Stevens, keep walking. We're busy right now. <laughs> We're walking. We're busy. Oh, we're busy. Um, yeah, so uh, the New Jersey. So he unveiled the 30th anniversary jersey, which is it's awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it seems to me, Aaron, it's a combination of, of every jersey we've seen leading up to this point. Yeah, it's kind of a fun um, uh, kind of nod back to the past. I think those people that have been um, with us for a long time probably have a, a greater sense of appreciation for what they're looking at. Um, you're seeing those marks. And, and remember... It's a 30th anniversary. We'll probably wear it a dozen times or so. I think that's up to our group to kind of figure out exactly um, what those dates are, and we'll come out with that soon enough, right? But um, but just to kind of um, get back to some of those traditional colors and even what was a tertiary mark or a shoulder patch before and kind of bringing it into a fun position uh, in, a no, in, a, in a nod to the 30th anniversary and something that we can kind of have a, a good time with and, yeah. and that... Uh, we have a few of our uh, our players, uh, the Zegerses, and, and they love that look and that connection back to our earliest days. Yeah. And I know that they are in love with this jersey. <laughs> uh, they've seen it, and they looked at it, and they're like, Well, they're, they're, they're social media people. So yeah, they'll yeah, put yeah. it out there yes. for all the people to love. Yes, no, it's, it, and I think it's, it wears well, yeah. connects to the past, and that's what you want to do with a 30th yeah. anniversary jersey is certainly have a look back at our history and tradition, yep. but then also kind of see what we'll be doing over the 30th years, kind of celebrating what's to come. So. When did the creative process and ideation start for the jersey? It started quite some time ago. You know, you, it takes a while. You need to put in and submit those things, uh, uh, the designs and whatnot, and your desire to do so with the league well over a year in advance. Wow. So, mm. So you're talking probably 14, 15 months ago, came up with a thought of, hey, do we want to have a 30th anniversary jersey that we can wear, like I said, 10, 12, 13 times, et cetera. Um, it's, a, it's a good project. Uh, uh, Jillian Samueli, um, uh, who is just, she has a, an amazing talent of kind of putting together the striping patterns and colors yeah. and those type of things and, and really has a reverence for the past and a connectivity to the those old Mighty Ducks days. Yeah, whatever. for sure. Mm -hmm. So she was instrumental in, in kind of bringing some of these things together and, and helping design that jersey along with the marketing team. So I, th I think it turned out to be something that's really going to connect um, with, ever, with everyone and all fans, but particularly those that can actually have a little bit of history with us with the 30th. Mm -hmm. Any of the boys, uh, Tamu, Paul, Scotty, those guys, any of the kind of the uh, the old guard have a have a say in any <laughs> I of this don't stuff? You know what? You'd have to ask our larger group that. I don't believe so. Okay. Um, only because there's only a certain number of folks that you can kind of have, uh, you know, uh, working on the project itself and then having an understanding of it. And you don't want it. You don't want somebody to. Um, unintentionally make no. a mistake about the design of it and kind of blow an opportunity to launch it to our fans first or whatnot. So um, I would imagine that knowing them, that this would resonate with them. But <laughs> I, I have say I have it's that. unbelievable. Yes. Damon <laughs> well, would, would do exactly that. Yes, exactly. Was, no it a, was it a hard <laughs> secret to keep knowing that you knew what it looked like? No, not really. Uh, you know, I don't Dude, find everybody wants to, to break the news. You're right. Right. Like, yeah. You got to yeah. keep that one close to the I don't, I don't. I think. In today's day and age, uh, you know, I always want to make sure that the way that things are brought forth is is uh, um, done with thought, yeah. um, and making sure that the first people that really get to see it are the ones that um, will appreciate it. And that's our fan base, our Orange Alliance members. We want to make sure that if we're going to launch anything, we're going to do it in a way where they have eyes on it first. So. To me, uh, updated on the project that they were working on and whatnot, but then I just kind of turn it off um, and 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 don't and don't try to tease people with it. Like yeah. I I know uh, we have something coming, etc. But um, no, I 
I think it's a it's a fun project, and I'm glad that it got revealed in a way where our fans could see it first. Okay, before I let you go, one more question for you. Uh, when it comes to 30th anniversary season, any kind of nuggets you can share with us and kind of tease uh, some of the things we might uh, expect you know here? I do a bad job of doing that off the cuff right now, but I know that um, there's these uh, the concept of legacy nights is something that's going to be oh, special. That's awesome. Mm. I know there's multiple nights where we're going to be um, really looking back at our past, connecting with some of our our most storied uh, franchise members, and and connecting uh, not just um, with those individuals, but with that sort of decade and and looking at those finest moments. So that'll be our that'll be our nod to the past a yeah. little bit um, over the course of the season and things that we'll do at Honda Center uh, over those games. But then we'll um, certainly. Um, kind of look at what what do the next 30 years look like <laughs> yeah, for right? this franchise and, and how does that work so i'm sure you'll still be here and we will <laughs> and and we and we won't need a hologram box we'll just you know beam you up somewhere and, <laughs> and have you beam land my cane yeah. maybe That'd you'll be, get the jersey toss a little better we'll next time <laughs> yeah we, we, we'll have to work on that it's, uh, sure Aaron Tees, president of the you. anaheim ducks thanks for spending the time with thank us. you it, uh, hey thank you for Welcome. having me yeah. it's just terrific terrific week and uh we look forward to continuing this tomorrow and just stockpiling with this new, the young, covers, ta baby. Yeah. new young talent that's going to bring us um, a lot of uh, joy yep. over the next few years. A lot so. of excitement. Okay. Aaron, appreciate it, Thank man. You guys. Thank All right. you. Enjoy. Take care. All right. Aaron Tees, president of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, joining us. And right now we're super excited to have Pat Verbeek coming here. And, and one of Pat's, the highlight of Pat Verbeek's day is talking with us. <laughs> uh, he Got a laugh he, out he of did, that. He did hear me say that, yes. <laughs> Yes, no Ted Lasso jokes here as we, uh, <laughs> hey. work at the comedy store. <laughs> <laughs> it would be short You get a lot of laughs from me, Frenchie. Thank God, because <laughs> nobody else thinks I'm funny. All right, so uh, let's talk, no, no jokes here. How was, how was the day? How was, uh, I know you knew it was Leo, but my goodness, um, what was it like calling his name and the reaction that you uh, got? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> you love it. I was. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> we had a chuckle. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, kind of happened once before when I was with Detroit when we called uh, Marit Sider's name. There was kind of a not quite as bad of an audible gasp as what uh, we heard tonight, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so tell us now that the pick is out. Is that out of the bag? Why Leo? Why why was it him at number two? Well, I think um, I mean it was a it was a you know a real tough decision. But I think when we when we boiled it down, it really boiled down. We really liked his hockey IQ. Um, he ha he's a very creative player. Um, has the ability to not only you know uh, create offense, make other players around him better, uh, but you know there's the ability to score goals as well. But I think what was probably the you know just a tilting factor was that uh, we see him as a as a player that you know has the potential to dominate in both ends of the ice, not just one end. How do you envision him fitting into that NHL level now, making that jump? Well, I watched him a lot uh, last year live at the in the SHL, so he's been playing against men, so it's not going to be. Um, uh, a big adjustment probably you know obviously coming to the NHL it, strength is becomes a factor um, you know it's a faster league uh, you know less space to operate in so that will you know it'll take a little time to get accustomed to that but I I see him coming in you know as a I, I think he's he's going to be tremendous for us. You know, and, and as we like to do here in the media, especially, is make comparisons. And, and no, we don't want to put extra pressure on him. But if you, hopefully someday we're going to say, oh, he's like a Leo Carlson. <laughs> yeah. But, but but who does he remind you of right now? Or uh, could there's he a turn couple. Into? I mean, there's a couple. Uh, uh, Kopitar kind of comes to mind. Uh, Ranton in, in other ways comes to mind. You know, when you, when I, I didn't see Kopitar play junior, but very much uh, very similar to Ranson and when I was uh, when I was yeah. able to see him at the World Juniors so um, you know he turns into either one of those players we're gonna be super excited <laughs> oh my god yes now his father Kenneth shared with us that they had to take a van and drive the yes. hours here but one of the big reasons was because Leo still had a meeting with the Ducks he did yes so yeah. you know in knowing that you know how did that make you feel in knowing the, the hoops that he went through to get, you know, to well, he Yeah, it was kind of, well, we set that up. Uh, I wanted to meet with all the, you know, all the top picks again uh, one more time. 
um, just to kind of go through the process and, and uh, check all the boxes. And anyway, so uh, there was, you know, we our scouts as well. They had a hard time getting to uh, <laughs> yeah. Pavel Ruta yes. had a hard time, and there was other Czech scouts that he had traveled with. So they drove across the country. He said it was a beautiful drive, you know, from New York, and which is where. You know, Leo had to come from too. So, yeah, they they saw a beautiful part of uh, the U.S. All right, Pat. Before we let you go, um, yeah, there's a ton of work put into number two, but now you got uh, what is it? Eight more picks left. Yes. Over the next over yeah. over tomorrow, right? Yeah. So yeah. that being said, do you have what's the the strategy? Is it the best available player, or do you have in mind kind of a way you uh, want to go with these? No, picks? we're going off our list. So you know, we put you know we you know, made our list and put up these players in order and how we want to draft them. And essentially that's going to kind of how it's going to all boil down. Now we'll see there, you know, players that, you know, are higher up on our list. Uh, and, you know, as the name names start, you know, getting checked off, maybe, you know, might, you know, we might be able to use some of the draft capital to move up if there's a player that, you know, we really want. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. It's all, it's all going to be kind of dictated, you know, by what happens. Um, so, we get to start the process tomorrow by our, you know, by ourselves. We'll be first tomorrow, so get the ball rolling. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, yeah, actually, one more before I let you go. That being said, any surprises that there's players available tomorrow that weren't taken in the opening round? Uh, or, or there was pretty much everything kind well, of what you kinda, saw happening? Uh, you know, everybody looks at players differently, so not a lot of, like, uh, wow, this really blew us away. Not really, yeah. you know, at the end of it. Like, you know, we're all, we see we see scouts from different organizations out all over the place, you know, so just the way it is. Pat, thank you so much for spending thank the time. Thank you, Pat. I know all right, it's been a long you. day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you tomorrow. See you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. You got it. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.